welcome in to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Today is, what is today? I don't even know what the date is. It's Wednesday, October 6th, and we are back talking about all the big college football games from the past weekend. We're going to try to get to some preview of this weekend's college football games, give you some good picks there. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jack Wallace. And Jack, I am quite frankly embarrassed by what Notre Dame did on the football field on Saturday. That was egregious. Well, embarrassed is another way to say elated, um, at least in terms of my rent-free self, who always, always is very, very happy to see Notre Dame lose a football game, which is what they don't do a ton, at least over the last few years. I mean, they don't exactly win any big games but they do indeed uh, choke a lot of these games that really do matter a lot. And we've seen that happen. That happens time and time and again. We're seeing it right now. They did it again against Cincinnati. We're going to, of course, dive into that game and a whole lot more coming up. But uh, looking over our picks from this weekend, they weren't exactly great. Uh, once again, I'm still falling behind, though I'm not behind by a bunch. But I had a pretty bad week on 5-6. and six. Noah improved a bit up to 7-4. and four. Now, we both ended up getting the Arkansas-Georgia as well as Michigan-Wisconsin game correct, which I don't think really surprised anyone, especially early on, um, as well as calling Wake Forest-Louisville correct, which ended up being a great game down to the finish, very fun game. Uh, I ended up getting the Cincinnati over Notre Dame pick right, and we both got Mississippi-Alabama correct getting the tie. But after that, things took a downhill spin. Uh, Oregon-Stanford will get to that game. We both got wrong. Uh, we both also got wrong TCU-UT uh, and Syracuse-Florida State. We'll get to all those and more. And then Noah bested me on the last three here with Oklahoma State Baylor, um, which again, screw you, Baylor. Sorry that I picked you. Uh, Tennessee, Missouri, which is my most egregious pick of the week, which frankly I should have done an ounce of research in. And I'll admit that I did not do an ounce of research into that pick. So that's why I got and that. And neither one did I. Um, yeah, but at least you know Tennessee. That's the thing. You at least know Tennessee well enough to beat a team like Missouri this year. And I did not do my due diligence on Missouri, which. They don't deserve due diligence to get research on at this point. And then Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh um, Tech disappoints me yet again for the thousandth time. Who is shocked? I'm not. So we're going to get to all those and more, but we're going to start off as we've been doing with our winners and our losers. Once again, you can check out my winners and losers uh, post up on Blanket Coverage uh, Podcast tab under all the blog stuff on GTD Sports. You can find it all there, but let's jump right in to our winners and losers here. So first up for me, I have as my big winner, all the big 10 ranked teams. If you are a big 10 ranked team, at least last week, you had a pretty dang good week. And to go through all that, because really it's, it was impressive. You can start out with the big two here with Iowa and Penn state. These teams had a lot going for them. They're going up this, this week. Of course, they're going to play each other upcoming this week. So we know we have a lot going into that game, but, yeah, both those teams, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, everybody got big wins. Now, we know Penn State had Indiana and then uh, blanked Ohio Indiana. State. Yeah, blanked Indiana. We also had uh, Buckeyes going up against Rutgers, which they had absolutely zero trouble against. Iowa then had their absolute annihilation of Maryland on Friday night, 51-14. Uh, and, and, you know, we talk about uh, pick sixes a lot, but they had a, they had six picks in this game. Six picks against Tualia Tagovailoa, who entered the game with not only no picks, but I think it was like no picks uh, or no passes even thrown that could be picks throughout the whole season. I and mean, he had been a great passer all season long. And this Iowa defense tore him to shreds. 
and uh, Michigan than the Wisconsin game. They were an underdog in that game, which uh, I frankly couldn't believe considering the circumstances. Now the one point, though, is they uh, really, really are not good in Camp Randall Stadium. They actually had not won in Wisconsin since 2001. Uh, the Wolverines uh, had lost five straight times there, but finally – they had enough, and they had a big win there. Big Blue is yet to trail for a single snap all season still. And then Michigan State rounded out uh, the ranked teams with a pretty easy win over Western Kentucky. Not much of a problem. Uh, of course, looking at Iowa-Penn State this weekend. But, yeah, Big Ten ranked teams looked pretty good. I was really impressed with what they had. All, again, a lot of them weren't exactly the hardest of games, but a lot of them proved that, hey, we're here to stay. We're still the best conference playing right now top to bottom, and I still do believe that this is the best conference top to bottom in terms of that. We know that Georgia and Alabama are headlining the SEC, but I think we also can agree that the SEC falls off pretty hard after those two teams. Now there's some other quality programs in there. Despite the losses, Arkansas, Old Miss still look very solid. I mean, Auburn had a good week, so it's not like the SEC is devoid of anything minus those two. But I think if we're talking of your top five, top six, you had to loop all that in per conference. It's looking pretty strong to the Big Ten right now. And I want to go back to that Michigan-Wisconsin game because Wisconsin was favored for some reason in that game. Uh, <laughs> why? Why? I don't know because Michigan was easily the lock of the week. I mean, they they yeah. never – there yeah. was never a doubt in this game. And, and the thing about it is that Graham Mertz has, like, unbelievable stats and is undefeated against unranked teams – like he just goes off against unranked teams, which honestly in the Big Ten is not that many teams, especially this year. They've been pretty good. Um, he's been awful against ranked teams. Hasn't won a single game against ranked teams. Uh, has been terrible in all of those games. And eventually in this game got benched for a kid named Chase Wolf, who sounds like a bad that, – that just sounds like the name of like a bad, uh, a bad white rapper or something <laughs> or <Yeah>. like <laughs> or like an instagram influencer or something that with like tattoos and like wears like flat bills and stuff that's what chase <laughs> wolf sounds like um this was a terrible game for graham mertz eight for 15 uh only 115 yards okay but what isn't a terrible game for graham mertz in recent time? i mean i know i talked about this last week at all thing last week about graham mertz and how much he's sort of fallen off what we thought and look what he did this week it's yeah, nothing no, better. This is you want to wonder why he is the first five-star quarterback in forever to go to Wisconsin because they don't know how to develop quarterbacks. Look at Jack Cohn in the Notre Dame game. We'll talk about him, but you want to talk about a statue in the pocket? You want to talk about a checkdown Charlie? That's Jack Cohn. Uh, he is a warm body uh, that sort of knows what to do with the football and doesn't really turn it over a lot. That's what Graham Mertz is turning into. Um, and they're really going to have to rejuvenate the offense here somehow uh, at Wisconsin beyond just running the ball into the dirt every play because that didn't work for them in this game either. They tried to run the ball 32 times for only 43 yards. That's barely over a yard per carry. Uh, and Wisconsin just looked lost this entire game. Michigan was able to pull away with actually a surprisingly good passing game. We have not seen Michigan have to pass whatsoever this year, but Wisconsin did a decent job with their stingent run defense um, of really shutting down this Michigan rushing attack. They did have 112 yards on the ground, but only 40, but 44 carries 
to get that 112 yards. Meanwhile, Cade McNamara, 17 of 28 through the air for 197 yards. Uh, pretty good passer rating there. I like what Michigan's doing. I'm not going to say that they're going to win the Big 12. I think Penn State has a far better chance of doing that. I think Penn State will be able to shut them down uh, when the two teams inevitably end up playing. But I do really like uh, this Michigan team. And, I mean, if Ohio State can't figure it out at quarterback, there could be. I'm not saying it yet. I'm not saying it yet. I'm not saying there will be. There could be a very interesting game uh, in the last week of the season. Uh, I believe that's in the big house this year. Am I wrong? Which game? Michigan-Ohio State. Uh, Let me check right now. Michigan-Ohio State is indeed in the big house. Yeah, right now that would be number seven versus number nine. If they play today, that game will be at noon on November 27th. At the big house with the shakiest Ohio State team that we've seen in a long time. I hate that's a noon game, <laughs> especially for both teams actually being like. I kind of like ranked. it. I mean, it, look, I hate noon games. I was a participant in a noon game uh, this week, and I wanted to go to sleep by halftime. Uh, that might have been the product of the football more so than uh, the 11 a.m. game, but nonetheless. I hate being a part of 11 a.m. games, 11 a.m. kickoffs, uh, you know, for central time. But selfishly, when I'm not taking part in the game day festivities, I love just being able to get up and watch football immediately. And that is a good point, which is something we'll talk about a little bit with our uh, NFL preview for coming up this week. We'll do that episode um, at some point later today, tomorrow. Oh, we'll get boy. That out. Get but, ready, uh, yeah. London. Yeah. <laughs> get ready, London. <laughs> Why would we do that to poor London? What do you they get do the us? Jets but... and the Falcons. Congratulations. Yeah. We'll, we'll get some to that American later, but... football for you. Uh, what, so what, what, can, just one question. One quick question. What's the Premier League equivalent of like if – London was to send, uh, or if England was to send Premier League teams to the U.S., what's the Premier League equivalent of the Falcons versus the Jets? Like Newcastle versus like Crystal Palace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it. <laughs> a, ge- a game that no one is excited to see, but you also sit there and say, "Hey, hey, at least Premier it's, League at least it's soccer, football, right?" <laughs> You'll say, but fans in England and fans in America will say, well, at least it's still football, even though it's arguable whether it really is or not, depending how bad they're playing. So we'll find out. But no, go on now to your number one, um, at least, well, first up uh, in terms of your winners. Yeah, well, we checked a big, we checked a big uh, talking point off there with Michigan, Wisconsin. My first winner this week, I'm going to take a different route. I'm going to go Arizona State. Um, and this will kind of take us in, in two different directions. First, the fact that Arizona State only has one loss this year. They beat a good UCLA team uh, on Saturday in Pac-12 late night. And not only that, but compound that with the fact that Oregon lost this week. Now, I would argue that if the Pac-12 is going to make the playoff, which they're not, it's just not going to happen. But if the Pac-12 was going to make the playoff, Arizona State would probably have the best chance at this point. Um, with, I called it. 
with I that called quality loss being BYU. I thought I this team was done it. after they lost to BYU. Turns out BYU actually pretty good. They what did I tell rolling. you about Arizona State preseason? What did I tell you about the Sun Devils? I said, look for them to be a surprisingly dark horse, really solid Pac-12 team. They're going to come out and cause some damage. And so far, yes, they had the BYU loss. And as you said, that's turning into a quality loss. And even then, they're a top-10 team. BYU yeah, look, looks great. Everyone wrote them off after the BYU loss. Nobody thought this BYU team was going to do anything. They are really the dark horse of this college football season, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you look who they have left to play, at least in terms of Arizona State, I mean, the last two weeks you got past Colorado, who's middling, and then, yeah, beat down on UCLA and on the road, too. You have Stanford coming up with some late-night Pac-12. You have at Utah next week, which, again, very late-night Pac-12, both those games past 10 o'clock. Then you have Washington State at home, USC at home, at Washington, and at Arizona State, and then pitiful, pitiful Arizona to end the season. That's not crazy hard of a schedule. Now, Arizona State – or, sorry, um, Oregon State has looked better this year. Southern Cal is still a difficult game and uh, going on the road to Utah will be tricky, but that's still a very manageable schedule for the Sun Devils and they could still very well play themselves into a great position to win the Pac-12 South. I mean, they're already 2-0 against Pac-12 South teams over the last two weeks, so it's still a, a great start for Arizona State despite that one loss. And They're yeah, outrushing their opponent. They're outrushing their opponents by 62 yards. I don't think that should be taken lightly. In the Pac-12, where we don't see much of a solid run game other than Oregon, yeah, I think that should not be taken lightly. I, Rashad I think, White um, leading halfback for them. Eight touchdowns. Yeah. It's actually doubling the touchdowns of Daniels, they're, their quarterback, <laughs> rushing. <laughs> but they're spreading the ball around, too. I mean, Daniels is getting carries on the ground. He's a dual-threat guy. Daniel and Gata. Uh, getting 32 carries on the year, uh, 216 yards, averaging seven yards an attempt. Uh, I am not going to try to say this name. Yes, I am. Diamante Trinayam getting 5.4 yards per carry on the year. This team's offensive line is actually moving people back. We'll see if they can keep it up uh, as we get further and further into Pac-12 play because we know how weird the Pac-12 is. But I did want to shout out um, Arizona State here for their win over UCLA. We will get to the Oregon Stanford game eventually, but Jack, why don't you take us to South Bend for your second loser or your second winner? I'm sorry. Yeah, and loser could actually. I mean, I'm not. This isn't one of my losers because I have uh, plenty of other teams that I can put. It on is loser, one of my but, um, losers, so we can go there, ahead and cross yeah, it off. Yeah, we we do have that down there, but um. But I got to say that we know that uh, Notre Dame often says that, oh, you're the holy team. God blesses our team. But God was blessing Bearcat country this weekend because Cincinnati came all the way to South Bend and took down Notre Dame and Jack Cohn. 24-13, Cincinnati gets a huge win here. Now, they are a game behind most teams. They only have four games down, so they're 4-0 at the season, making them one of, I think, three teams in the country Yes, one of three teams in the country that is just 4-0 instead of 5-0 that's still undefeated. But, yeah, this was by far the hardest game for Cincinnati on the season, and they made it look not too difficult. And even if you look at the rest of their schedule so far, nearly every single team on their schedule, with the exception of UCF um, at Tulane, that, I mean, maybe not at Tulane, but then, and then SMU. So, really, SMU and UCF are really the only games you could see them losing here. I mean, you have Temple, who's awful. Navy, who's awful. Tulsa, who's awful. A lot of pretty easy teams left. And Temple is actually this weekend on Friday. But 
yeah, Cincinnati's in a pretty good position right now. This Notre Dame win was a huge one. Uh, again, I correctly predicted this game. I did feel like Cincinnati was going to come in and win. It seemed like a big trap game for Notre Dame. And again, I say trap game despite the fact Notre Dame was ranked lower at the time. But I just didn't quite believe in Notre Dame yet. We kept harping on them for barely beating Toledo, for barely beating Florida State, for beating down on Wisconsin. But then we already knew Wisconsin wasn't that good. So what was going to be their falling point? And, well, the answer was this game. 17 and nothing in the first half, uh, actually all in the second quarter for Cincinnati. Um, Notre Dame did claw themselves back into this uh, with a 17-13 deficit. But a Desmond Ritter a rushing score put the game away. But, yeah, this was incredibly impressive from Cincinnati. I know we talk about Notre Dame being overrated. I know we dog on them a lot. But this was a pretty shut-door win that Cincinnati really needed if they want to finally make the playoff push that they deserve. That, you know, if they run the table now, yeah, the American's not that good. But if you run the table through it with this Notre Dame win, assuming how much the playoff committee overrates Notre Dame every year, Maybe Cincinnati has a chance to maybe, maybe, maybe sneak in. Still well, on, maybe, that, but... on that note, I shout out to Roger Sherman uh, from The Ringer on Twitter who tweeted that Cincinnati did the one thing that every single playoff team does, which is beat the absolute hell out of Notre Dame every single year. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's yeah. the best criteria for their playoff resumes, that they did what every other playoff team does. They looked like a playoff team and that they absolutely came out and dominated Notre Dame in the first half. Notre Dame was able to get a little bit closer in the second half, make it a little bit of a game, but that was only after they let Jack Cohn out of the game. Jack Cohn, Look, I don't want to pile on the guy too much. These are all just college kids. They're our age. But Jack Cohn stunk in this game. Absolutely stunk. Uh, He was averaging, get this, three air yards per attempt, or adjusted yards per attempt. Three. That's really pushing the ball down the field, huh? When Notre Dame couldn't run the ball at all, You know what Jack Cohn did? He decided, hey, we're going to run the ball, whether it's through the air or on the ground. We're just going to replace the run game with me throwing two yarders. Uh, He completed 63% of his passes on 22 attempts, but only 114 yards. His backup only completed nine of 22. Drew Pine actually looked decent. He's a He has a real gunslinger mentality uh, as opposed to the, uh, how do I say this, timid uh, Jack Cohn. But he even had 143 yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, Jack Cohn throwing zero touchdowns, 114 yards and an interception. I, look, the Notre Dame performance on offense was terrible they have a good defense but whenever they really needed a play on third down it seemed like it was Desmond Ritter to uh let me let me get the guy's name here Alec Pierce was the receiver I mean number 12 just all over the field six receptions 144 yards uh 24 yards per reception that's big time uh, that that is the that's the type of playmaking that you need in a playoff game against some of these teams. And again, getting the turnovers was huge for Cincinnati. We know that this has been a defensive team for years. 
uh, and they had a really impressive defense last year. But this defense made plays today, and that's what they're going to have to do in a playoff game scenario. And I love Cincinnati to make the playoff at this point with no good Big 12 team to think of. Now, they'll probably just let Oklahoma in off of principle. they with, would do that. They would let Oklahoma in over Cincinnati. They'll they prob- would, oh my god! Honestly, they will probably put in a non-conference champion Ohio State <laughs> over Cincinnati. Uh, uh, well, barring any insane, I mean, at this point, barring any absolutely just logically, ridiculous level, logically, well, wait, wait, Cincinnati wait, wait, wait. should be in the wait, playoff right now. Barring anything absolutely ridiculous, it seems at this point we we I have a little list this later that it seems like Georgia and Alabama are basically already locked in besides yes. some otherworldly insane level upset. And even then, even with an upset, both these teams probably have to lose two games each to have that happen, which is not going to happen. So at this rate, it's pretty much impossible that they're not going to do that. And, and even obviously with them both meeting in the SC championship game, nearly locked at this point, it doesn't really, the SC championship game is just to get another trophy in your locker room. That's pretty much it. But with that rate going on, you then say who's going to come next. And yeah, the, with the Pac-12 kind of falling apart, the Big 12 kind of falling apart, the window seems that if Cincinnati, especially with a top 10 win now, and now, I mean, obviously won't stay a top 10 win, but with a really respectable on-the-road ranked win, especially because the college football playoff, as we know, over race Notre Dame, this could be a much better year than last year to actually get somewhere. So just pointing that out. But I'll go ahead with my next winner on here and my final winner. Uh, then we'll do two of your winners in a row to catch up. But my final winner here, which is one that really pained me to talk about, but you know what? We got to talk about, and that's Bijan Robinson. We know this kid's good. We know this kid's great, but now we know that this guy is Heisman great and maybe not lock in. I'm not saying anything too crazy, but he did whatever he wanted to do. And that's with Zach Evans still having a good day for TCU on the ground. But Texas Bijan Robinson, 35 carries, 216 yards, two touchdowns. Again, whatever he wanted. Uh, six consecutive times to open the final game, clinching drive for Texas. First down on a hard third down rule. It just, it, he did whatever he wanted. This was the Bijan Robinson game. And we know TCU usually beats Texas. We were somehow winning after the first quarter. We were down by just six at the end of the half. We still had a six-point game going into the fourth quarter. We were the last team to score. I mean, there was no point where TCU, at least purely on the scoreboard, was 100% out of the game. It was never going to be a blowout. Texas, was. it wasn't like it was any kind of like crazy joke game. But they still held control, and Texas was in control. They looked better. They looked like they were finally getting more what they're doing. And we know we've talked about a lot how TCU usually is Texas' bulky team. That tends to be the case, but this year it was not. So, I mean, we'll get to that later, just how disappointing this game was for TCU, which actually uh, we can uh, – I don't think that's on your wins or losses here specifically. But we can, I know we can talk about TCU but <laughs> and how pathetic that was. But, uh, but, yeah, this was a game where we really saw Texas be the Texas team they're trying to be. Now, we know that Texas isn't quite all the way back yet. That the Arkansas loss is still a pretty tough loss, but – with all those wins in a row, and Texas this week has Oklahoma and then Oklahoma State back-to-back, if you can really shut down against those two teams, I don't know. Texas could have a pretty good run this year. And I know it's a lot to ask to end up getting two big wins there, but they really need those two to be able to get themselves marching right back to the Big 12 championship game. And if they are, it's on the shoulders of Robinson. 
Well, here's the thing. I mentioned I was in the building for this game. Really not impressed with Texas's quarterbacking. I didn't see anything necessarily out of Casey Thompson that screams, you know, this is a big uh, 12 championship team. Uh, and that's why I'll be picking OU against them this weekend. Not that I really like Spencer Rattler, but at least I've seen flashes from Spencer Rattler. And we know the arm talent is there. Um, meanwhile, I don't want to spend too long on TCU because we care about TCU. Not necessarily all of our listeners care about TCU as much as we do. Um, but Zach Evans averaged more yards per carry than Bijan Robinson in this game, yet only got 15 carries. I hope you that, bring up the Patterson quote. <laughs> and I was going to go there. Gary said after the game that he was tired. Uh, I don't know what the validity of that is, but there is something going on in the locker room. And you can tell. You can tell when we played SMU. There is something going on in that locker room. The dynamic is not right. Gary is getting mad at SMU for things that our players did. Like, There is an accountability problem, and I think it starts with Gary Patterson. I think it started last year when – and the fan base was doing this too, granted, because Gary is a god in Fort Worth. But it started last year when he blamed Sonny Cumbie straight up after a loss. Uh, It starts with him blaming – It is Sonny Cumbie, though, to be fair. It starts with him blaming the players for him saying the N-word. Like that, it, yeah, I can't defend it's, that. <laughs> it's the entire lack of accountability throughout the program. Um, and I really think that this Zach Evans debacle um is part of that. I don't think Zach Evans is tired. I don't think he's too tired to carry the ball more than 15 times. I you think you want me to bring is, up the quote? Yes. The exact quote that he said. Yeah, I do. Here's the exact quote that he said. I would never do 35 carries a game like they did with that guy at Texas if you want to make it through four years. He's not staying four years. He will be gone. What are you talking about? He's going to get that many carries in the NFL. Maybe not 35, but he's going to. Look at Derrick Henry's work. Look at these running backs' work. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've seen Gary blaming uh, the NIL stuff and the transfer portal stuff. We've seen him going on and on and on and on and on about how it's going to be so tough to keep players at TCU. Uh, You have to keep everybody happy. You know, it's a great way to keep, to piss your five-star running back off. Give the quarterback more carries. Give Max Duggan 16 carries for only 33 yards on the game. And this is not even counting the fact that the defense looks entirely uninterested in tackling. This offense has an inability to push the ball down the field because Duggan refuses to get better. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it's just an overall disaster. Um, and I meant to say it last week. I think it's a good time to mention it this week. Uh, Gary Patterson should uh, look. TCU's never going to fire Gary Patterson, but if there was any great opportunity to mutually part ways with Gary Patterson, I think this is it. It's time. This is bad. He has outlived his expiration date in Fort Worth, and. It is time. 
but let's move on to some some more positive notes. If you lose, if you if he loses the Baylor game too, I don't think I'll have any patience. I'm getting my you, I'm getting myself <laughs> riled up, and and you can't fire no, the guy. There's a statue of him outside of the stadium, which was <laughs> they about built. Remember, they built like years ago. Ten years not a new too st- early. <laughs> um, it's not a new statue. <laughs> it's time for a uh, mutual parting of ways. Uh, keep in mind, Jeff Fisher is in the Tennessee Titans Hall of Fame despite going like eight and eight every single year. Uh, and we still mutually parted ways with him. So, and, and we all love winner. Jeff Fisher. <laughs> give me your, <laughs> uh, give thanks, your for, thanks for teeing that up. Uh, the boys from Oklahoma are my next winner. Uh, if you haven't heard the song boys from Oklahoma uh, by cross Canadian ragweed, a uh, pretty phenomenal song. I won't play it here, uh, but the boys from Oklahoma got the job done this weekend. First with Oklahoma state and second with OU Looking a little shaky in the first half, but eventually able to pull away from K-State, who's looked to be in every game, but not necessarily uh, super competitive down the stretch of all of their games. And then we'll move on from there because I know you want to talk about this. The big winners of the week, and there's multiple, the Dogs. And that's not just the dogs of UGA, uh, Georgia, who absolutely annihilated Arkansas. I mean, this what if you thought yeah. Arkansas was going to be in this game, uh, you were sadly mistaken because this game was over in the first quarter and Arkansas had no answer for Georgia's run defense, which Georgia, I believe, statistically is the best defense uh, in Call it, I mean, definitely call it in college football this year, but the best defense in all of college football since 2011, Alabama, which we know how many guys hey, they put in the NFL. You're forgetting one real key point to your winner with me when you say dogs, which also ties into who loses even harder from all of this on two different ends. I'm not forgetting a point. The Mississippi State dogs going Hail out State. and beating yep. the Aggies of A&M. Uh, which due to arkansas's loss proves what <laughs> that a&m sucks this year and a&m they're paying jimbo so fisher <laughs> a metric shit ton of money to suck <laughs> that was the key point that i wanted to have here and i'm glad that you had that because that was that was the biggest thing is once arkansas lost that badly i said okay we know george is good we know they know what they're doing how good is arkansas now and you think who did they beat that was considered a big deal, Texas and Texas A&M. And we know UT is not bad by any means, but they're sort of been good. And then A&M was their big, big win that has now turned out to mean nothing. And uh, if you actually check the standings right now, um, (laughs) just because I wanted to be mean, but um, take a wild guess where uh, they stand in the SEC West right now. Uh, They'd be last because they don't have an SEC win on their resume. (laughs) <laughs> the answer is last <laughs> yeah they are last <laughs> that sounds about right after that oh. ten, hey look in my defense i gave up a&m winning the west after that 10 to 7 uh clunker in mile high stadium to, to colorado and colorado has been awful this year um i did want to like the sec has no the worst team in the sec is still two and three through five games yeah, I mean, I would. Not that's bad. not true. That's not. That's not at all 
Well, yeah, it is. Uh, I yes, guess it Vandy is. Vandy is two and three. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's you two are, and three. Missouri's two correct. and three. Every other team, those are the only two with two losses. Everyone, or sorry, two wins. Everyone else has three wins or more. Yep. Gotcha. So another another couple of points off of this. Um, I want to mention uh, another dog, uh, the Huskies of Washington, uh, whooping up on the Cal Bears, uh, who look really, really sad. Um, <laughs> They're so bad. To God. <laughs> They're not um, good at football. Uh, They're that not. Was, that was so bad. Um, and then the dogs also won, as in Georgia, going back to Georgia, because Florida lost. To Kentucky, which goes into uh, maybe not your first winner, uh, because your first winner, uh, spoiler alert, is SEC underdogs. Um, And in this case, the SEC underdog got a huge win at home against Florida. Uh, Kentucky, undefeated. What say you, Mr. College Football Expert? Ah. Kentucky's a weird team because I think we knew that Florida was not going to be all that coming into this season. No, Emory Jones is we not that. nowhere near Kyle Trask. Yeah, not even close. And we, we were aware of that, but the thing is, is that it's Kentucky's having one of those survivor seasons because you beat ULM by a billion, which you should, but you beat Missouri in a really close, somewhat high-scoring game. You barely beat Chattanooga. You barely beat South Carolina on the road, and then you barely beat Florida at home. Now, again, this is how Kentucky wins ballgames. When is the last time Kentucky actually blew somebody out? And that's the key to this, though, is that Kentucky is a survivor team, but they're doing it well. And at the end of the day, they're getting the wins they need to get. And this weekend, they have LSU, night game. And you can bet your bottom dollar I'm watching the absolute hell out of that game because that's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Again, in Kentucky, you can expect – I'd be shocked if it's not a sellout. Uh, we know LSU is not ranked. They're not particularly great this season, but this is a great chance for Kentucky to get yeah. another huge win. You have at Georgia that – yeah, that's going to be hard, but at least they could maybe put up a challenge against Georgia. I, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows if anyone will this year, but at least they have a chance. Um, then Mississippi State should be not crazy hard. Tennessee shouldn't be too difficult at Vanderbilt, and then New Mexico State will be jokes. And then at Louisville to end the year. And again, Louisville's not a total pushover team, but I think Kentucky's much better. Like, yeah, this is a Kentucky team that I think could very easily get 10 wins. I think that's very possible to get 10 wins. Maybe nine is a little more realistic, but I say the floor of this team at this rate is eight and four. And again, that's eight and four still means you're going three and four to finish the season losing record. And I still don't really think that's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I think Kentucky is a legitimate team. I'd be pretty surprised if they ended the season unranked. I think they will finish ranked. But, again, we know that the SEC East is not very good overall. We know that it's Georgia up way up top, and then Kentucky being pretty solid, Florida being a little less but still pretty solid, and then kind of everybody else. So well, Florida's still going to be a top-10 team at the end of the year just because the committee loves to rank Florida. They're like, oh, they lost to Georgia, Alabama, Oh, and we'll throw out the Kentucky game. That's fine. Well, and that's the thing with set with at least Florida too is that they have the easiest schedule in the country remaining, which I know, I know that includes Georgia, but it's still ranked as the easiest schedule remaining. They get remaining to play Vanderbilt because they play no one, and LSU, and South Carolina, and Samford, <laughs> and don't forget, oh. 
Don't forget about Florida State as much as we desperately try to forget about Florida State. Uh, they still are on that list too. So what yeah, Florida an absolute could, gauntlet. Of again, trash. Florida could go nine and three. They could go nine and three, and, and lose they'll end three up of the games that yeah, matter. Exactly. I mean, that's Florida. That's what Florida does. They end up in the top <laughs> yeah. ten every year, despite losing every single game that matters. They are the SEC Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, at least this season looks like that's right, but. Um, I only stretch to that as I do think that Kentucky is a game you, you should is win. Is Florida that game the new Auburn? I feel like you actually have to win a big game to be no, because Auburn's Auburn. chaos. Auburn is the chaos king. They don't ever but win what anything. What I'm saying big is Auburn times, is not the chaos king. Auburn's not chaotic anymore. That's I don't know. True. I don't know about but that. Florida's though. not chaotic. But Bo Nix has had some of the most chaotic plays I've ever seen this year. But is but is Florida chaotic this year? I wouldn't say so. They made the Bama game close, but they still lost. I mean, they, I, I wouldn't say Florida. Florida we'll be, see okay. against Georgia. We'll see against if Georgia. If like, Florida beats Georgia, that's gonna throw this oh whole thing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's I gonna be, break my brain. That would bring me to literal tears. I will tell you that. I will be weeping in my. And I will I admit that is. I admit I might, that is. Deeply I might go a step above free. picking it. I might bet so it. rent free. And um and one other note about this game before we move on. It's also the fifth time in the past seventy years Kentucky started five and zero. First time since twenty eighteen when they had that genuinely actually pretty good team in twenty eighteen. It's also the first time that Florida loses to Kentucky and Lexington since nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. It's been a very long time. The Soviet Union was still going strong last time Florida lost the game in Lexington. So it's been a minute. Uh, but now moving on to my first loser of the day, which I think this loser is one that we've touched on a good amount, but we're still gonna we're still gonna keep going a little bit with it because it transitions well. But the SEC underdogs. If you were an underdog dark horse team to win anything in the SEC, you did not look good this week. And those kind of teams, to mention them, the first one of which, Texas AM. Now, we already talked a lot about them already, so I'm not really going to go too deep into this, but we know that AM had the miserable Colorado game. They've just sort of been back and forth doing nothing. And then finally, you have a chance to get a big win against an SEC team that's not that great in Mississippi State. I mean, they're not terrible, but, I mean, that's a game you're heavily favored to win. You should win simply. And they choked it. They choked it bad. AM loses again. They're now 3-2 and two on the season, just like Mississippi State again, 0-2. In the SEC, losing to Arkansas, which was pretty pathetic. So yeah, AM has done very, very little to make us excited, and they get to play Bama this week. So may God rest in peace to the 12th man because they are getting killed this week. So that's going to be uh, a pretty rough game to watch if you have anything positive towards the Aggies. Same thing with Arkansas and Ole Miss, two teams that were making some dark horse runs. Of course, oh, Arkansas boy. flying into the top ten, and then. Uh, yeah, getting smacked right back down to the ground. And then Ole Miss, we haven't really talked about Ole Miss a lot, but they didn't do too hot. <laughs> uh, they came they... out so juiced for that game just to yeah. run the ball like eight straight Get your times. popcorn ready. Get your, <laughs> Get your popcorn, popcorn ready. ready. That's what Lane said. Uh, and I hate to hear it. I hate to hear and it. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, the Lane train is no longer rolling. Uh, it got stopped on every single fourth down. Uh, in the first half, which Lane Kiffin, hey, look, look, a lot of people after the game were saying, why wouldn't you just punt it? Why wouldn't you just punt it? 
Well, did you see what Ole Miss's defense did to Alabama? No wonder they punted it. 35-0 with 12.32 to go in in the third quarter. 35 Yeah, no, this was an absolute annihilation in in every facet. And in order to have a chance – someone made this point. I think it might have been Tom Fernelli on Twitter. He was saying, if you punt the ball to Bama, it's basically a turnover because they're just going to come down and score. Unless you have, like, Georgia's defense – or a defense like Florida that can match up athletically, it, Alabama's offensive line is just bigger and better than nearly every team in the country. And shout that's, out to Brian Robinson though, because he yeah. is unbelievable. In no, this game I'm not too. trying to, to shut him up. I'm too. not trying to take anything away from the five stars they have at every other position on the field. No, no, I but know. I'm saying it starts up front for them, and they basically just took Lane Kiffin's game plan and said, okay, you want to run the ball? We're going to run the ball right back at you, and we're going to do it a thousand times better, and we're just going to have more success than you could ever imagine. So I'm not going to fault Lane Kiffin for not punting in this game because, look, in order to win this game, they're going to have to convert some fourth downs. That's how good Alabama's defense is playing, and that's how good Alabama's offense is playing because if you punt it to them, they're basically just going to walk down and score on you. And this was a very lopsided game to show. Look, I like Matt Corral. I love what Glenn Kiffin's doing at Ole Miss, but if you thought they were on Alabama's level yet, you were very, very sorely mistaken. And yet, I do think that this could eventually happen. We've seen some really good old Miss teams in the last while. I mean, it's been a while, but we have seen some good old Miss teams. I think that over time, this team can be a serious contender. And again, they're, yeah, still but they're are gonna, a lot better this year. I mean, but they're, they're going to have to pick it up in recruiting. And I think they can. I think even after this season going well, and I, there's a lot of season left. I think there's a lot to go left. You got to win the Egg Bowl. You got to get to a solid bowl game and win that. There's a lot left that Ole Miss has left to do. So I'm not out on them yet. Uh, last note on the underdogs losing uh, because those two went pretty poorly. Um, did want to mention a little bit that one to see left um, with Alabama and Georgia basically being a lock to go in. Alabama has Arkansas and Auburn left to go. And Georgia has Kentucky and obviously Auburn as well, which is actually this week. So uh, yeah, I, actually both those uh, of those four matchups, two of them are this weekend. So assuming both of those end up being non-upsets, which I can't imagine either of them being upsets. It looks like that their teams are nearly locked up already to go to Atlanta. So that's about done. But uh, go ahead now with your, I guess, second loser because you already had one go ahead. So here's your second. So, uh, yeah, I I already talked about uh, touchdown Jesus and how bad that game was. Uh, A disgrace to touchdown Jesus. He was not smiling um, upon the Irish. <laughs> no, the the, the no. Irish, quite frankly, disrespected touchdown Jesus last weekend. Um, I already talked a little bit about this one, so we can keep it very short. But uh, big time Big Ten quarterbacks did not have a good weekend because who are probably the biggest, and I mean, in terms of name quarterbacks in the Big Ten? I mean, Graham Mertz was a five star. And we got Talia Tagovailoa, who I respectfully call Towley, as in the South Park character Towley, who's literally a towel. Uh, I can show you a picture if you'd like, if you'd like a reference. Oh God! Uh, but that every time they say Talia, I think Towley from South Park. Um, the interceptions were just off the charts this weekend. 
Did you I mean, hear the game calls when they called the picks? No, I didn't. The, the I color, was, the I color sitting, commentator. I was sitting in Dutch's at uh, watching that game in Fort Worth. I miss, I miss Dutch's. I feel, I could go for a Dutch's burger right about now. Oh, phenomenal. but um, not to not to do our promotion because they have absolutely no deal with us whatsoever. But I do love me a Dutch's burger. But I'll promote um, them for free. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the cookies too. Oh, I I Oof. I miss it. I really do. I really do. But anyway, Cold beer and uh, listening to the. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the color commentator talk about <laughs> about Tulia was the funniest thing because the pass was still in the air on several times, and you could hear him in the background say, "Oh, that's terrible." <laughs> I mean, on the air when the ball was still flying, it hadn't even been picked. He's off been yet. watching and too it, much of Tua's NFL uh, film and not enough of his college. <laughs> no, and go seriously, like listen to the highlights again, or I guess lowlights from Maryland. I mean, you can see the passes. And if you pause the, the frame right before it comes up, the ball, it's like one on four. You know what and the all, line was? And three of the four are in front of the wide receiver. It's like, what are you doing? You know what the spread was on this game? Something bad. Iowa by five and a half. Uh, yep. <laughs> Why would – who would not take that? <laughs> who would not, who would take, not that? take that? That's people, an easy bet. People who haven't watched Maryland or Iowa, which is pretty much everyone. Now, again, we, and I made the point before, it wasn't like Tualia was slinging interceptions before this game. He actually was pretty good at ball protection before yeah. this game, but but he, they also he hadn't played Iowa's defense. Game. They hadn't played Iowa's look, defense look, yet. Which here's, was the, here's the thing. I'm staying away from betting on or against Iowa because <laughs> no one's actually watched Iowa play football. Because all of their games have been so dominant that everyone just turns it off. And yeah, there's this no game was unfun 20 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, they they may they play boring, unfun, awful football and they win doing it somehow. Big big They're 10, like baby. the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are the most unfun team in the NFL. They suck to watch. Well, they you have to watch so Carson boring. Wentz for two at three hours. I, mean, I don't want to watch Carson Wentz limp around for two hours and somehow like get sacked four times. It's just it's brutal. It's brutal. So um, so let me move on to my uh, second loser here. And this one I thought you would enjoy because I know you've talked about this uh, ad nauseum over actually the past couple of years. Because remember, this is our third college football season together. At least this we started back in October. Theme. And I'm um, glad and, you put it in there because I was going yes, to. Yes, and I actually need to look it up when our uh, official three-year uh, anniversary of the po- – sorry, two-year anniversary of the podcast is because I know it's coming up. I know we started in October yeah. of 2019. I may have already passed. I mean, I don't know. We're early in October still. But it's the inevitable random organ loss because every year, somehow, someway, and I joked about this last week. I even made a joke. I think I did on the solo podcast I did for college football. I, I think I may have. But I made a joke about how Oregon always blows some dumb game. And I should have picked Stanford in this game because it's usually Stanford. In fact, I went back and looked at the stats, and it was Stanford in 09. USC in 2011, Stanford again in 2012, Stanford again in 2013, or Arizona too. That was all pre-college football era, but since then, Arizona beat them in 2014, 2015, 16, 17, 18. They weren't good. Yeah, Arizona keeps doing it, but 2015 to 18 was that Oregon sucks era when they were like five and seven every other year. Then 2019, they went to 12 and two. They lost to unranked Arizona State, which killed their late season run. (laughs) And then last year- then last year they had a great 3-0 start and then lost a bunch in a row and then Washington got COVID and they went to the Pac-12 championship game by default 
and then beat USC because God hates USC. So and then it, it was don't just forget insane. they got destroyed by Iowa State. Yeah, and then it was a joke. So it's Oregon will win so many games. They will win a lot of games. They're going to have a 70, 80% winning percentage. If you want Oregon to beat some nobody team, you want Oregon to beat a ranked team, a lot of the times they'll do it. But there's always some dumb team in the Pac-12 that's going to beat them for no reason. Like when it was Oregon, Ohio State, like I had more confidence in Oregon beating Ohio State than sweeping their Pac-12 schedule this year, honestly, which is sad. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't have to say that. But I do. And once again, they proved me right. Oregon losing to the Cardinal. And again, I do want to point out in this game, I know that it's very annoying to point it out, but the refereeing in this game was horrific. And I saw the whole end of this game. I watched a lot of it, and it was really awful because there was a roughing the passer call where Oregon had their arm go up and hit the quarterback in the chest like this. But then the defender fell down. The quarterback stepped back two feet, didn't fall down, didn't even get close to falling down, roughing the passer, never touched his head. And then on the last play of the game, it was fourth and goal at the goal line. Ball gets thrown up on a fade in the right corner of the end zone. And, and it's called defensive holding. And then they get a free down. And then I know then again, you have to then stop that down, which then they converted for another fade in the left side for a touchdown. But it was just one of those games. And it was also second and 19, second down and 19 at their own four-yard line with a minute 33 to go, and Stanford found a way to score. So I'll give Stanford that, too. I know there were some bad calls. that I, They were bad calls. They were really bad. And watch them again. They were bad. But I will give Stanford credit. They still had a 96-yard drive, despite being second and 19 with a minute 33 to go. So Stanford, the football gods wanted Stanford to win this game, and the farm was absolutely rocking. Yep. Well, I, I, what this game taught me is that I no longer want anything to do with the Pac-12 for the rest of time. I don't want them to make the football playoff. I don't want to see these teams. Oh, play. don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about them not I making only, it. I only, I only want worry. the Pac-12 at nine thirty in like a meaningless game versus Fresno State. That's the only time I will ever want to see fun. the Pac-12 again. They are fun at that time, though. Late night Pac-12 is never a bad game. Exactly. We need to game. relegate the Pac-12 to only <laughs> playing late night. Because oh, I want so, nothing um, to do with them while SEC football is going on. So and give speaking, me your final um, Yeah, give me your final Speaking loser. of SEC football, my final loser is very simply uh, the University of Missouri. Uh, great journalism program. Uh <laughs> Oh, this is, my worst pick. this is my worst pick of the season. Easily. Look, <laughs> look, it's very, no one, no one does this. They did the unthinkable. They gave up a 60 burger to the university of Tennessee. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to talk about the game. I have nothing to say, but Missouri is a loser for that right there. No, they did the unthinkable. You know what's when even is wilder? the last time Tennessee has put up a 60-burger on anyone, even Bowling T- Green? <laughs> Tennessee Tech only allowed 56 points. Bowling Green allowed 38 points. Even Pittsburgh allowed 34. I a 60-burger. <laughs> put up a 60-burger on Mizzou. Hey, it's not like South Carolina won't allow that next week either. I mean, it's it's. but then, well, after South Carolina, Tennessee's got to play Ole Miss at Bama at Kentucky, Georgia. So, uh, well, the bottom of the that. SEC East is just <laughs> good luck. Cir- it's just the circle of suck. I mean, Vandy is going to probably oh. beat Tennessee this year, uh, and then <laughs> that'll just send everyone's brains into a frenzy. Uh, anything else that you want to touch on here? 
Uh, I have my last loser. I did want to just shout out Tennessee actually because they're getting their new blackout uniforms for this weekend, which is uh, I have you know the smoky grays were big, but they're getting black uniforms. So interesting take. I know black and orange is always an awesome combo. So I'm a fan of it. I know I, I got my orange on myself with cues, but uh, yeah, touching on my last loser, which I think was a creative one and one that fit pretty well. But all of the fun COVID teams all suck now. Um, also, Big Ten, you can kind of relegate this to Big Ten teams because. Um, Part of it, and again, we've kind of touched on, now that we've sort of gotten deeper into it, we've touched on a lot of these guys, but uh, one of them was looking at, uh, I think, what was it? Uh, and I, I said Big Ten teams, but I should have just said COVID era um, fun teams. But Iowa State, Northwestern, Indiana, and Liberty. These four schools were all actually pretty good last year, either winning divisional titles, winning over 11, 12 games. And all of them, every single one of them, uh, is either with a losing record or unranked. So, again, Iowa State losing to an unranked Baylor team. They did beat Kansas, but they're 2-2, two 0-2 and two, oh and two against anyone decent with their loss to Iowa. Indiana has played three ranked teams, and they're 0-3 against them. They scored six total points against Iowa and Penn State combined. Six. So, there you go. Their only two wins are against Idaho, who's FCS, and Western Kentucky by just two points. And then you have Liberty, which, again, I know Malik Willis is going off and is absolutely a big Heisman candidate, will go in the top 10 in the NFL if he stays healthy and keeps going great. He's fantastic. I saw him live. But you also lost to Syracuse, and I will not forgive you for that. And Syracuse is, is not awful. Not they aren't awful. But that's still a bad loss, You that's especially for a Liberty team that, again, was double-digit winning season last year was great. And then I got to save the best for last, Northwestern. Oh, dear God. Northwestern was actually a very competent, very solid team last year, winning the uh, the Big Ten West Not this and uh, year. losing to Ohio State. But, oh, wow, they got railed against Nebraska, 56-7 to against Nebraska. That is a sorry team, and we all know they're sorry. And they also lost to Duke, which I will let that go. They lost to Duke, too. So, yeah, Northwestern is terrible this year. Uh, their wins are against FCS Indiana State and then Ohio, who also lost by 20 to Syracuse. So, yeah, Ohio awful. So, yeah, it turns out a weird season last year was indeed weird and an anomaly, and there wasn't much of a question behind that. So, shout out to Northwestern for being bad. So, now we can move on. Speaking of uh, bad things going up. Oh, wait, we actually have a question coming in. Comment coming in. A question about baseball. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. You see that as well? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and ask the question about baseball. I'll be your baseball (laughs) expert. While you're asking the baseball question, let's go ahead and uh, highlight just a couple other games here. Um, We had UNC getting a win over Duke this weekend. Uh, Georgia Tech, do you want to talk about it? Might as well get this out of the way. Uh, yeah, Georgia Tech was a uh, truly sorry program this week. Um, we know they aren't exactly the best at the whole football thing, but ended up looking pretty bad here. They lost to um, to Pittsburgh by approximately a billion points. I think Pittsburgh put, was it 52 on them or just yeah, something something awful? Ugh, God, yeah, that, it was pretty bad. Uh, Georgia Tech in last week uh, beat down on UNC, had a lot riding on them coming into this week. I was very wrong, so – Yep, don't do that. They were bad. Uh, but being Pitt and Pickett at quarterback actually look pretty good. So um, you know what? I'll give them credit. Uh, Pittsburgh actually looks like a pretty solid team. Uh, they're looking pretty good this year. And you know what? When credit's due, I'll give it to them. They've looked pretty decent. Georgia Tech, thankfully, has Duke this week, who is um, not good at football either. And, in fact, I think much, much worse. So, yeah, Duke is awful. I would agree. Tech is not great. But, yeah, I, Duke is probably the worst team in the ACC. Now, again, they have three wins. 
which three wins is three wins, but when they come against Kansas, Northwestern, and North Carolina A&T, do they really count? I say no. They also lost to Charlotte and UNC by a thousand. So I, I, I don't have any faith. Um, other, they also uh, get the victory bell. Speaking of Duke, uh, North Carolina gets the victory bell over Duke for that big win, third straight year in a row with the win. So congrats, to North Carolina. Um, and then also Texas Tech beating West Virginia on the road, uh, which is really impressive considering they lost. I mean, they got seventy put on by Texas. So yeah, the Big Twelve is cannibalizing itself as usual. But now we can move on, which will be quick again with this this week. But um, actually, now that we have time for it, we can go ahead and answer our baseball question if we want to look ahead for baseball. So uh, uh, the question reads out. It's uh, through Twitch, so anyone viewing on YouTube can't see it, but we'll go ahead and uh, put it up there. Yeah, so it talks about um, wild card game tonight. Dodgers just have to show everyone that they can compete with the Cardinals, being that the Cardinals are the only team last decade the Dodgers never beat in the playoffs. I feel like this game is make-or-break game for the Dodgers. I'm curious what this panel thinks. Will the Dodgers at least defeat St. Louis once again fall short to the one team they've yet to beat in the playoffs? This game is quality of talent on team versus devil magic. We know the Cardinals have gotten a ton of stuff in here and have been able to play their way back into the playoffs despite being basically out of it. We know we talked about them being at 2.8% for the playoffs as early as what? It was early August. So the fact they can come back in here and get a really solid win is pretty impressive, but are they good enough to beat the Dodgers here? And now I went out on a limb last night with the MLB preview. And I do think, um, I don't know if you've gone through and looked at that. No, I know you weren't there for that, but at least on the MLB preview, I went ahead and picked the San Francisco giants to end up winning the NL and actually winning the world series against the Astros and seven. I feel like the Astros are the strongest team out of there, but at least looking back on some of the notes that we had for the MLB um, for the MLB preview, it's there aren't a lot of concerns to be worried about with the Dodgers here. They basically have a full complete roster. Again, we have to see about Cody Bellinger. How good is he going to be coming back in this series? Can he be back to the old form that he had? It's we know they choke a lot though. We know their weakness is choking. We know of course they did last year. Defending champions are going to go pretty far, but there's just so much to like on this roster. There's so much you can have strengths with. And I think the Cardinals with their depth would make it difficult to make much of a deep run, but I, I know. I don't think it's necessarily written in stone that Los Angeles is going to come in here and get a big win like that, but I, I, it's still too hard for me to pick against them, to be honest. I think it's too hard for me to pick against them. I think they're going to do too well. I think they advance on. Um, I know that a lot of this talk between the Yankees and Red Sox is more difficult last night simply because those two teams were so matched up well, and it was, what, like 55-45 for odds to win, and then Red Sox came awake and at home despite the Yankees playing so well at Fenway recently, but I think for that case, at least, I still have to have the Dodgers advancing here. Well, I'm not going to have very much to add for that. Um, the last time I checked in, the Cardinals were not a very good football team. I mean, baseball team. Uh, and that, <laughs> or football until this year. That I mean. <laughs> was uh, way before uh, football season. That was like before football preseason was like the last time that I actually like checked on baseball before this past week. Uh what I will say is the Cardinals are red hot, and I love a red hot team in baseball. Uh, there's nothing better uh, for me than getting to bet on a team that has won a lot of games recently versus that's, that's a, like, and and the last like, time Scherzer pitched. I know I haven't been paying that much attention, and I'm not yeah. just playing dumb on baseball. Like I just don't pay that much attention to baseball but i know that the last time scherzer took the mound he had an absolute meltdown uh 
out there on the bump. So look, I'm not, I'm not going to go out here and predict that Max Scherzer is going to come back and have some sort of incredible rebound from that. Uh, I think pitcher so much of pitching is mental um and against a really hot lineup in the cardinals i'm actually i'm gonna take the cardinals tonight and i and i might watch the game there's no other sports on i'm i might actually watch the game uh thank you dark sage 9117 for that question uh <laughs> yeah we love we love getting some we, we love getting some questions that's the first fan question we've ever uh gotten to take so we hope to get more in the future uh i do want to point out uh, just before we move into uh, into our quick picks, uh, that uh, Vanderbilt is two and three. Uh, switching back to college football, Vanderbilt is two and three after beating UConn in literally the Dollar Bowl. It costs two dollars to go to this game. Uh, no, including one the dollar fee. Yeah, right. Yeah, including <laughs> the one dollar. Uh, so it costs. One dollar to go see uh, an SEC football game against UConn, uh, and so sad for UConn uh, they couldn't get the win here. Uh, yeah, after this all our they agony looked, Olympics for they looked all a lot better. Agony. They looked a lot better this week. The, the quarterback change there uh, really, really helping them out, uh, but they just couldn't get past the uh, SEC Titan. Uh, that is the Vanderbilt Commodore. So if you have to give out, so you have to give out your awards to me. I give my bronze medal of the Agony Olympics. I give out bronze to Syracuse for losing to un- to a winless Florida State. I give out my silver medal. Silver medal here is to Northwestern for getting blown out by a sorry Nebraska school. And my gold medal is to anyone who paid any amount of money to go watch UConn Vanderbilt because the gold medal winners of Agony Olympics is definitely them. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with that. If I had to give a bronze medal – uh, definitely Georgia Tech for just yeah, that's fair. getting <laughs> destroyed by uh. Pittsburgh. Um, I think God, my, I silver, football. my silver medal is going to go to TCU, uh, and that's a little bit of a carryover from last week, but I just you could probably see the rage just like visibly boil up once I started reading the Zach Evans stuff uh, because that that makes me angry. Uh, when Zach Evans was actually ranked ahead of Bijan Robinson in high school, um, and Bijan Robinson got 20 more carries than him in a game where Zach Evans was averaging seven and a half yards a carry, but that's not the point anymore. Um, what I I will give the gold medal uh, to Northwestern because no one, and I mean no one <laughs> in the country, should lose 56 to seven oh. in Nebraska. This it's is like Nebraska we're talking about. Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. Not not like 90s Nebraska. Like we're talking about like Nebraska. Like having a quarterback with the last name Martinez for the last 15 years, Nebraska. It's it's, it's truly awful to see that. It's it's, it's 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 agonizing uh to 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 rip your to take ding, the words ding, ding. right out of your mouth. <laughs> uh do you want to go quickly through the undefeateds here? I know Jack wanted to get that in. Uh so at five and oh we've got Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Penn State, which that's gonna be a big matchup coming next week. Uh Battle of the mm-hmm. Undefeateds, three versus four, and somehow still not college game day, but the, I'll digress on that. Uh Oklahoma, Michigan, BYU, Michigan State. Okie State, Coastal Carolina, Kentucky, Wake Forest, SMU, UTSA, San Antonio. 
There, then, I I told called that too. I was saying they could have one of their best seasons in history, and I know they're not like a big time name or anything. It's UTSA, but I was saying out of the conference USA, they're actually a pretty solid team, and they should make a pretty fun bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. And then four and zero, we've got Cincinnati, San Diego State, and the University of Wyoming. And they aren't good, but they are undefeated. <laughs> they, they are, are undefeated, and that's what matters. Uh, it, we no one really cares about playoff odds at this point, but we've got Georgia, Alabama, and then Oklahoma, Michigan, Cincinnati, and then everyone else. It's it's uh, kind of obvious. I think those big I think those honest. Big Twelve odds are a little bit skewed, to be honest, because I think Iowa and Penn State are both better teams than Michigan. But I will digress once again. Uh, in the AP Top Twenty Five, not much shakeup. Uh, we did have Michigan State and Oklahoma State both moving up uh, six and seven respectively to. 11 and 12 respectively arkansas and notre dame slipping a lot as well as ole miss wick forest up to number 19 and then jumping in the rankings oh and we missed florida going down uh 10 spots to number 20 jumping in the rankings this week we had texas arizona state nc state smu and san diego state uh, NC State actually they did they didn't move anything as Kentucky went from not ranked to 16. Oh, oh, oh I, A&M, I see that. Yeah. yeah, they're they're piled in with all of those teams that just made yeah. the rankings this week. So Texas A&M, uh, Baylor, Fresno State, UCLA, and Clemson are all out of the rankings. Yes, Clemson is Thank done. You, and again, they, the reason why I didn't have Clemson on here simply because pack. they simply because Clemson did actually win. They just uh, fell out of the rankings, which they deserve to. They barely beat Boston College, who's not terrible, but you barely beat Boston College. Yeah. So it's still pretty Hey, bad. but they, but they, they received votes. They did receive votes. Good job. Golf club. But uh, now now we move on to our picks coming this week. We, know we haven't talked about picks on this in, uh, all, all, actually, all season, actually. Uh, but now we move on to getting these picks in at the end, just because we'd rather talk about them a little bit than uh, simply just put them on Twitter. We thought it'd be a lot more fun to talk about them because I, I miss talking about the picks. But we go for week five. Right now you are 32 and 23, and I'm 29 and 26. And once we this go over our NFL picks – oh, sorry, you're right, you're right. But uh, going over our picks, you see 32 and 23, 29 and 26. And as you can see with those picks – uh, it's very clear that they're not particularly crazy good records because it's really hard to pick college football. You, our NFL this records season. are a lot better. Yeah, this season. Our, our NFL records are notably better, so it'll be um, pretty solid to get those good picks in there. So we love we love getting some quality picks in. But, yes, for this week, our first game coming up is OUUT. It is the game, once again, in the Cotton Bowl or Red River rivalry. It's always a ton of fun. And in this one, I think I might have to go with UT finally getting the win here. And now I know that Oklahoma is the better team. They're ranked much higher. They get it down. But I think we all know that UT is not the number six team in the country and that they're not that good. And they've been super shaky. They've never beaten anyone soundly, which they should have a lot of times. And I think that Texas is a better team than K-State. I think Texas is a better team than Tulane. I think they're a better team than a lot of these teams that just have snuck up on OU, and I think that they're in prime position to do it. Now, I do think you're right where you mentioned earlier about Texas quarterback situation not being as good. They have issues on the defense. I mean, it's, it's not a complete team or anything, but I think Arkansas still was a solid team, got them out of nowhere, and I don't think that situation is going to happen here at Oklahoma. I think it's going to be a really close game, maybe even overtime game, but I think UT may finally have just enough juice in them to finally – get over Oklahoma and get themselves a win. I don't Whoa. want it to happen. I don't want it to, 
but I do think they may get it. I'm going back in the other direction. I have seen uh, nothing from this Texas team aside from putting 70 on Texas Tech, which I don't think is really that impressive given the state of Texas Tech's defense. Um, however, I I just think Oklahoma has more talent in this game. They're going to be better coached. Inevitably, Sark is going to make a dumb mistake. Uh, they're a better quarterback team. Uh, they are able to run the ball. I won't go ahead and say they're a better team on the ground, but they are able to run the ball. Um, and this Texas defense has given me zero indication that they're going to be able to stop Lincoln Riley this year. I mean, come on. It, it's OU all day. Uh, and But let's go to the next matchup, which is the loser bowl from the big SEC games last weekend. We've got Arkansas versus Ole Miss. And, you know, I really want to pick Arkansas here, but I feel like their loss was like infinitely more degrading, even though it was almost just as bad and they actually didn't give up quite as many points. But the nature of just losing 38 to nothing with as much offense as they weren't able to put out last week, that's got to be degrading. And I think Ole Miss is going to run it up on them a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to um, agree with that take uh, pretty wholeheartedly here. Um, it's I just liked a lot of what Ole Miss was able to do over a lot of their solid weeks they've had without Bama. I do think Bama is such an exception to this, and I don't think that – I mean, it, do we really think that, that Arkansas Stevens is going to absolutely shut down Ole Miss? And no, their offense is too strong. Matt Corral's too strong. I, have I a feel lot of like Ole them. Miss is going to come out pissed off, but Arkansas is going to come out dejected. And this is kind of playing bowl game mental games, but – Maybe it's a little bit of Lane Kiffin in them too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good take, and I, I think Ole Miss is strong in this game. Next up, we got Georgia and Auburn. I don't even think this really deserves uh, much conversation. Um, Georgia is going to wreck Auburn. I Maybe really hope they will, but points. they're going to. Bo Nix is going to go throw four interceptions and get sacked eight times. Like, it's it's inevitable. Chalk it up. Auburn has zero chance, even between the hedges. Georgia by a million. Yeah, again, a game that I look at and I really, 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 really want Georgia to lose this game, but they're just not going to lose this game. They're not no going to lose this game. Boise State versus BYU. I think we both know where we're leaning on this. Boise State uh, has been pretty shaky on the year. You thought they were going to be, uh, you know, a better Mountain West team. Uh, in the first year with their new head coach, yep. they've looked pretty bad, uh, including a loss, uh, I believe, at home, or was that on the road to Nevada? Uh, I can't remember where that game was played, but they did lose to Nevada. Um which I thought that Nevada was going to be another very good Mountain West team, so I wasn't particularly shocked by that loss. Right. Either. They also lost to Oklahoma State, um, who I know we talked about earlier, but only by they, one, too. But yes, they're they're playing BYU this weekend in Provo. I think this is a BYU lock. I think it is too. I think BYU's had a lot to love about this game. I just wanted to put this one on here too because I thought it'd be a fun game. Love to get a little bit of uh, West Coast action. That's well, not necessarily West Coast, but Western action. Uh, between two teams that are doing pretty well. Um, shout out to BYU as well for getting the one of the rare college football trophies, the Beehive Boot. That's the winner between Utah, Utah State, and BYU for the champion of of Utah 
gets a giant boot called the Beehive Boot. So, grabs nice. BYU for getting that last week. So, fun for them. But, yeah, I think Boise State should be a solid team here. Would love to go to this game. I feel like this would be a ton of fun to go to. Yeah, well, we're running out of time here, so we won't discuss this game too in-depth. But the headliner of this week, as we said earlier, is Penn State versus Iowa. And I'm going with Penn State just based I, – I love their defense – I don't think Iowa's going to be able to put up any points. Um, and I think this is going to be a very low-scoring ball game that Penn State's going to be happy to put the ball in Sean Clifford's hands with a chance to win the ball game, and I think they do it uh, because I think Sean Clifford is the better of the two quarterbacks and everything else on these two teams, pretty even. Uh, and, uh, again, I could not be more impressed with Penn State's defense, the way that they've played in their big games, shutting down Bo Nix and Graham Mertz, uh, making them look – uh, like the quarterbacks that we know both of them kind of are. Um, I think they're going to do the same thing with P- Spencer Petras and this Iowa now, team. To be fair, I was done the same thing to Penix uh, with, with Indiana and uh, Purdy with Iowa State. And I know we also talked about them a lot with the Graham Burtz thing of how legit Look, Sean Clifford's they? overrated, yeah. but he's not Graham Mertz overrated. No, that's true. And again, we're still waiting to see Iowa, or Iowa, Wisconsin anyway. But for me, I'm going with Iowa in this game mostly because I really like the home team here. I think being in Kinnick Stadium is huge. I think this game will be totally different if it was in Happy Valley. Um, Iowa State is given the edge a little bit. They are the favorites in this game, barely. I mean, I, I'm talking one and a half points. You can't yeah. get it closer. But um, Well, I guess you can. But it's about as close as you can get. Um, Total yards in this game, Penn State does have a better offense, but Iowa does have a slightly better defense. They also have a much better rushing defense, Iowa, um, and Penn State does rely a little bit more on the run than Iowa does. Not by a lot, but they do rely a little more on that. So I would like to see Iowa basically shutting down any of the rush here. But I don't know. I just think a little bit of that home match, it could be big for it. It's a 4 o'clock game that will go into the night. I just I feel like this is going to be an unreal game. I'm super excited for it. Really disappointed that the Syracuse-Wake Forest game that we'll talk about in a minute that I have to work is at the same time. So I'm actually probably going to miss most of this whole game, which is quite Oh, you're probably not going to miss much offense, I'll tell you. Uh, this yeah, is going to be a defensive shootout. Yeah, the over-under on this game line is at 41. So um, I, I'm, and that's still not very high. So I would no, think to be under that. But uh, after that is the Notre Dame-Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. And in this one... I was still kind of back and forth about this, which I know may be sinful, but Notre Dame is favored by one on the road. The matchup predictor has us about the same. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame looked really, really out of whack yesterday and, or this weekend. And while I do think Cincinnati is much better than Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech is a team that's got something to prove, has had some good wins in the last few games. West Virginia was an unfortunate loss, but again, they lost on a fourth and goal turnover on downs down by six. I mean, they were one play away from being undefeated. And if they were undefeated right now, Virginia Tech would be a, probably a top 15 team still. So one play away from being right about the same level with Notre Dame, while Notre Dame is about two halves of football, if not more away from being undefeated. So I think with that, I'm going to roll with Virginia Tech here. We're getting a big upset, but Again, I think it speaks volumes for Notre Dame to be number 14 and Virginia Tech to be unranked and only be a one-point favorite. It, I just – I can't. Because they're one point do, away. They're I can't one point do, away from being grand I can't do Notre Dame again. I can't. I won't. <laughs> I refuse. I, I'm done with Notre Dame. I'm done with Brian Kelly. I'm so done with Jack Cohn. 
this Notre Dame team is extremely, extremely disappointing. And I will be picking Virginia Tech this weekend. And I do not care if I lose because I am done, done with Notre Dame. And I am also done trying to watch anything they're doing either. Uh, next up is Alabama A&M. And I only put this game on because, A, I wanted a free win for the week because I was tired of losing. And, B, it's always fun to make fun of Texas A&M. And, yeah, I have Alabama by approximately a trillion here. I think this game should be very cut and dry. I'm very excited to watch Alabama blow them up. Um, this game, if they were to get upset, would be not only the upset of the year, but, I mean, I, I would not know what to do with myself if Alabama lost this game. They're 17.5-point favorites, and that's on the road at Kyle Field, which we know that at Kyle Field gets uh, difficult yeah, to win. It, it's it's going to be a uh... – I can't imagine showing up to do some weird, like, cultish yell at midnight and then the next day just go into the stadium and watch Alabama steamroll your football team uh, because that's exactly what's going to happen here. Is Alabama is going to walk into Kyle Field. They're going to steamroll what's left of Jimbo Fisher's Aggies, and then they're going to leave and then probably make the college football playoff. Steamroll, Jack. That's what this game is going to be. Yeah, I have very, very little faith in AM to do anything in this game. Next up, we have our four teams. We always love to roll through these in order, and we start off with the Tennessee game. They play against South Carolina at home, and their new black unis looking all fresh. And I'm rolling with Tennessee this game. I'm not making the mistake for them to, again, Tennessee versus bad SEC East opponent. No more. I'm rolling with Tennessee. Go Vols. I'm not making that bad pick again. If I lose this, I'm blaming you. Heck yeah, go Vols, baby. No, South Carolina has looked they're they're not good. Devastatingly awful this year. Um, and I don't think Tennessee has looked quite that bad. Uh so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Vols here. Um and speaking of teams that I'm just gonna keep rolling with, uh for some reason I'm still rolling with the frogs against uh of tcu against it's still uh, texas tech against though. texas That's tech it is still texas it's tech. Still tech we still have zach evans on the roster uh as of right now and watch <laughs> zach evans carry the ball uh like 35 times in this one for like 216 yards uh because yeah. that it's gonna be easy against texas tech's defense uh to score the only now, question is whether out, the only question is whether our defense can actually show up to play or not i do want to point out though through four games what is tcu's rushing yard allowed through four games rushing yards allowed probably Average. 300 a game it's 204 uh, we actually have a better pass defense which is so hard to find in the in, in college football but we um we're doing better there now again texas tech does have a better record than us by a good amount they're four and one we're two and two uh, that does include wins again again at West Virginia was impressive, but then it was FIU, SFA, and then that Houston win that was actually uh, pretty nice early in the season. But those FCS wins are pretty weak, so and they also didn't look good during it. So yeah, I still have at TCU, but I'm hesitantly picking TCU. I'm not confident. Yeah, I'm not TCU, confident in this either. But I'm picking them because I like the home pick, and I'll go with it. Now I am more uh, confident about this. I was about to ask, how confident are you about Georgia Tech versus Duke? I don't think Georgia Tech is a god awful team. I think they're not a good team. I think they're very mediocre to probably bad, but they're not god-awful. I think Duke is god-awful. And I think that Duke, again, I'm not going to excuse Georgia Tech's win against NIU, just like I'm not going to excuse Duke's loss to, to Charlotte. 
I get those are two really bad losses that should be shamed. But Tech is three and a half point favorites and has a 67% chance to win, and they're on the road, if that speaks to you. So yeah, Georgia Tech, that win against UNC really means a lot. And what did Duke do against UNC? They got slaughtered. Absolutely slaughtered. So yeah, I'm still rolling with Georgia Tech in this game. I, I don't really see a reason not to pick them in this game. Again, I know the Pitt's, Pitt loss was bad, but I think we both can agree that Pitt is leagues better than Duke, way better than Duke. So I, I just can't I can't pick them out to lose to Duke. It's too easy of a game. I, I just again if they lose this game, I'll just curl up into a ball and cry, right. which gonna, could happen, but I'm gonna trust you on this. I'm gonna trust you on this. Uh we do have a special bonus pick, but for uh our actual picks this week, uh we're gonna end up with Syracuse versus Wake Forest. And Wake Forest, the only undefeated team in the ACC, the last great hope for ACC playoffs, uh, which I don't think are a reality yeah, at whoa. this point. But <laughs> whoa there. <laughs> I've you know, Wake I'm just trying, to, just trying to hype wow. you up. Just trying to hype you up. <laughs> oh uh, god, that's a good one. But um <laughs> Wake I mean, Forest I mean, or Syracuse. I got I would Wake love Forest. To see, I would love to see Wake Forest make the playoffs. That would be the funniest thing of all time. But uh it's not gonna happen, sadly. And no, Wake Forest is gonna win this game pretty easily. Uh, I do think that Syracuse has played really well in the Dome. We have. I will definitely give us that credit. But at the end of the day, we're still Syracuse. I think Sean Tucker is going to have a field day again. Uh, we see that Duke's uh, – Duke, sorry. Uh, Wake Forest rushing defense is actually not that great. So I do think that Sean Tucker can make things interesting on the ground. And, like, no, I mean, really, I know – I'm not just saying this because I'm at Q's, but Sean Tucker is one of the best running backs in the country, and I will make that claim. He is a top five running back in football right now and is pushing himself even higher. He's an unbelievable athlete. And I think that because of that, Syracuse will have themselves be a chance in this game. But it's also still Wake Forest. Wake has still been a much better team so far. They're a way more efficient scoring team, even though Syracuse's defense is actually very good. Our offense is awful, awful, awful offense. And I think it's going to be difficult to compete much with that. We rely pretty purely on the ground game. And if we can get going, I think Q's can make it close in a fourth quarter game. Every game we've played in has been either a win or a fourth quarter game. So I'll give us that. But I do think they can make it a little interesting. I just see Wake pulling away and getting like a 10 point, 14 point win. But I don't think it'll be a brutal blowout. But I I think that Wake Forest should win this game still pretty cleanly. All right. And in the worst game of the college football season, if you thought uh, UConn versus Vandy was a bad matchup, uh, let's give it up for UMass versus UConn. Um, this should be allowed. this should be a crime. This game uh, should be against FCC regulations. Uh, they should not broadcast <laughs> this anywhere uh, for fear of like children watching it. Um, <laughs> this is not safe for work. <laughs> I'm gonna pick UConn, but this game should be a tie. They should allow ties in college football uh. only for this game so that we can watch four hours of awful football and have it end in a tie. I am not using this game as an official pick for us in our 11 we do because I don't count this game as an official game that exists because we're going to pretend it doesn't exist. So we're like, if you don't (laughs) play real football, if you don't play real football, you don't get a real pick. That's UMass is actually Bishop Sycamore. Um, and if you want to talk about how awful these teams are, they're actually combined 0-11, and, and they, I don't think they've won a game, either of them, in over uh, a couple of years now. Um, and again, UConn, they're losing to Vandy, Wyoming, Army, Purdue, and, and a Holy Cross. 
and UMass has lost to Toledo. Coastal Carolina actually counts. And then Eastern Michigan, Boston College, Pitt. So, um, yeah, it's it's really depressing. Uh, UConn against Toledo, Coastal Carolina, and Pitt combined scored 17. And UConn is actually putting up points. So, I mean, I give them credit. They're not like – they lost to Wyoming by two. They lost to Vanderbilt by a field goal. Like They really aren't getting blown out. They're just awful, and they don't care. These teams don't care about football. They actively don't care. So – um, except for the head coach of UMass, who did say that he was sadder when football was canceled than when his father died. So he did he did say that. Um, yes, that's a real quote. So, football guy. Real <laughs> a, football guy there. Football he is a guy. football guy. And then and he lost every game. <laughs> he proceeded to lose every game. And, so, and, yeah, this game is terrible. And you know what? Respect to him. I, I feel you there, bud. Uh, I believe if you, there is nothing else that that will do it. Uh, for this episode of the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for the interaction. Make sure to check out Jack's College Football Winners and Losers blog uh, to elaborate a little bit more on what was really a great weekend of college football. Uh, And, of course, I uh, published or will be publishing soon. I'm not sure whether that got up yet. But my uh, weekly NFL roundup before this weekend of uh, NFL football, uh, both of those should be up on gtdsports.com. But once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, For now, I am Noah Parker. And I am Jack Wallace. Peace Peace out, out, y'all.